the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. We conclude our series, our Christmas series, uh, and it's all about defending Christmas. And Christmas is worth defending. That's a good spot to say amen, all right? And the best way to defend Christmas, especially for us as Christians, is to make sure that we understand what it means and what Christmas, what difference Christmas makes in our lives. You know, we we shouldn't allow the media or the world out there to uh, portray or define Christmas for us because the, the world's conception of Christmas out there is far different from how we understand it as followers of Jesus. Uh, You often hear uh, with these television commercials uh, something to the effect that says uh, what Christmas is all about is supposed to be uh, sharing and giving and helping the less fortunate and uh, sharing a meal and giving all of these things. These are wonderful things that we do around Christmas. But as followers of Jesus, this is not a situational thing for us. This is not a seasonal thing for us. This is something that we do every chance we get. And so if you look at how the world is defining Christmas, we're going to be confined into thinking that once a year, one season in a year, we have to go out there and do something good, do something worthwhile, do something uh, redemptive. Loved ones, as good as those things that we do or are reminded of during Christmas, the message of Christmas is reduced if we just confine it to the idea that we have to do something good once a year. And I know that may sound like a a, a very skeptical thing to, to say about Christmas, but nevertheless, how would Jesus feel about that when we actually say, well, every Christmas, you know, we try to volunteer our time and, you know, feed the hungry and help the needy and all of that stuff. That's not supposed to be a Christmas thing. That's supposed to be a, you know, a consistent activity in the Christian life. So by by saying that we do these things during Christmas is to reduce or devalue uh, the meaning of Christmas. After the season, we go back to our normal routines and we live our lives the way we want to live them. And that reduces the birth of Jesus into nothing more than a once a year activity. I feel like Jesus was singing, last Christmas I gave you my heart. The very next day you took it away or something like that. 
didn't like that song very much anyway. We need to know what we are celebrating and we need to know why we need to defend it. Now, for the last couple of Sundays, we've been talking about that. We've spoken about why a Messiah in a manger, the significance of Jesus being born in a manger. And that's an entire message that we, we defended Christmas at, at the birth of Jesus and why God allowed him to be born in a manger. Last Sunday, we talked about Christmas as the ultimate light that shines in the darkness. And this morning, we're going to talk about why a Messiah born of a virgin, why the virgin birth? What's the significance of that? But why go through the trouble of analyzing the virgin birth? Well, because Christmas has been so devalued. And we need to understand what it is that we're really celebrating at its core. It seems like right around this time, we get so many things um, said about Christ. Do you know the virgin birth has to do with the incarnation, God becoming man. And if you don't think that's a big deal, you miss the point of Christmas. We miss it. The virgin birth is about the incarnation. Deity and humanity coming together in the person of Jesus. And the attacks on the person of Jesus is relentless, especially this time of the year, and especially right around Easter. You will hear all kinds of stories about Jesus. You know, it starts popping up in the news. Some good, some bad, but for the most part, they're designed to cast doubt on the biblical and historical truth about who Jesus is. We will hear stories of quote-unquote discoveries that will prove Jesus did not really exist in history. You know, you will hear that um, despite the overwhelming evidence to the contrary. Other claims that stories about Jesus uh, having a, a child with Mary Magdalene, as blasphemous as that sounds, some people will hear that and they say, hmm, maybe that's something that I need to look at. And of course, the infamous bone box discoveries of supposedly a bone box concerning the bones of Jesus, thereby eliminating the possibility that Jesus died and rose again. Most of these people who question the validity of the incarnation, the validity of Jesus' claims, really believe that true Christians are preoccupied with the evidence of his existence. If you are a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, believe me, that's the last thing on your mind. Now, we want epistemic justification for our faith. We want evidences. We want to investigate them. We want to look for things that will prove, and that's fine. Okay, uh, knowledge of why we believe is important, but there is an element that the world doesn't know and wouldn't report, and that is the activity of the Holy Spirit in a person's heart when a person decides to come to faith in Jesus. That's an intangible thing. When you and I as Christians believe because of the witness of the Holy Spirit to the truth of the gospel, the change comes in. That's something that the news media will not write about because they're, they, they're preoccupied with saying that, you know, you need to have this or that evidence to justify your faith. But we go beyond just those evidences. We invite the witness of the Spirit, and that's an intangible that nobody will know because the Bible says that these are spiritually discerned things. It doesn't matter what evidence a people receive unless they respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. There could be no salvation. 
Loved ones, listen. The moment we believe in Jesus, one very peculiar, peculiar thing, peculiar, I can say that this, this morning, one very strange thing happens. And trust me, this is true for everybody who comes to faith in Jesus. The Holy Spirit removes something in our hearts when we come to faith in Jesus. And people will guess, oh yeah, well the Holy Spirit removes our sins and all of that. Well, He forgives us our sins. Amen? God forgives us our sins, but practically we still have them. We're still fallen people. We still walk around um, kind of incomplete, okay? But we do have redemption. Our guilt has been taken. The Holy Spirit forgives us. Jesus forgives us of our sins. He died for our sins. But there's something else that the Holy Spirit removes. And you know this and I know this when we come to faith in Him. You know what that is? He removes doubt. Doubt is something that the Holy Spirit removes in a person who truly comes to faith in Jesus. So when you and I believe, believe me, and you walk with God for a period of time, doubts about that person of Jesus gets removed. Now, there may be other things that, that come into mind that we might doubt, you know. You know, like, does, does God really answer my prayers? Does God really love me? And all of these things. These are overcome as we grow our faith. As our faith gets stronger, we overcome these doubts. But there's one thing that happens in our hearts when the Holy Spirit grabs a hold of it. And that is, he removes that doubt about Jesus. When you discover who Jesus is and you put your faith in him, trust me, you know. You know that he is who he said he is. So let me ask you a question. If someone tells you something about Jesus, claiming that Jesus is not who he said he is, how you respond kind of proves whether you truly are a believer or not. And that's why the world out there is preoccupied with tossing out evidence out there to disprove. Because to those who came to know Jesus may have doubts about many things, about his or her uh, relationship with God and all of that. But there's one thing that the Holy Spirit removes, and that is that doubt. So what about Jesus that the Holy Spirit convinces us of? What is it about Jesus? There are seven things that you, if you are a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're celebrating Christmas, there are seven things that every Christian will affirm that is true about Jesus. Okay? Number one, the virgin birth. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Number two, the deity of Jesus. He's the second person in the triune God. Number three, the death of Jesus. Jesus really died. Number four, the burial of Jesus. He was really buried. Okay? And number five, the resurrection of Jesus. He really rose from the dead. Then number six, the ascension of Jesus into heaven. And finally, his return, his rule, and his reign as King of kings and Lord of lords. Now, no matter what anybody says, when you come to faith in Jesus, these seven things are what we know are, are true about Jesus. So in celebration of Christmas, we will talk about what difference Christmas makes, especially in that first one, the first evidence, the first truth that we all believe in, and that is the virgin birth. We're going to talk about it. Those of you who came this morning thinking of, I, I need a sermon, pastor, that will make me a better husband, 
or make me a better person. I need a, I need a, a therapeutic sermon. You come to the, ro- the wrong place this morning. Okay, we're not going to talk about any kind of therapy sermon this morning. We're going to talk about the doctrine of the virgin birth and why it's so significant in the celebration of Christmas. There are two things we're going to talk about, first of all, about these things. And that is, what does the virgin birth of Jesus prove? That's number one we're going to tackle. Number two, what difference does it make? Okay, first, what does the virgin birth of Jesus prove? It proves two things. Number one, the virgin birth of Jesus proves that Jesus' birth was a supernatural event in history. Now that's key. It's a supernatural event in history. Jesus is the only person that existed before he was born. John 1, 1 says, and we all know it, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In fact, Jesus was challenged by the religious order of his day about his claim about who he is, that he came from, from the Father, you know. And when they, they, they didn't like that very much. And they said, you know, we, we worship the God of our father, Abraham. And, and Jesus would say before Abraham, was, I am. Oh, we follow the law of Moses. And, and, uh, and, and Jesus would say, Moses spoke about me. Before Moses was, I am. Now the virgin birth of Jesus. The book of Revelation says Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. It's always existed. The virgin birth of Jesus was a supernatural event in history for two reasons. Number one, it was prophesied. The prophecy of his coming was foretold. Isaiah 7, 14, the virgin, okay, it's very important to say that in Isaiah, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The prophecy, that prophecy was written 700 years before it happened. That's why it's a supernatural event. You know, that's the main reason I believe that the virgin birth of Jesus is a supernatural event. Because predictive prophecy gains traction, gains validity with a number of years that passes before it becomes fulfilled, right? When you say you, when you prophesy something, uh, the amount of time it took for it to happen gives it solid uh, credibility, Okay, so for example, um, I, can, I can prophesy that it's going to rain on Wednesday. But you will all ignore me because uh, we now have technology to, you know, predict the weather for next week. Okay, so, you know, it wouldn't matter. Uh, I, I, it's conceivable that I will conspire with maybe 20 of you this morning. Conspire that we're going to write something together Right on a subject or on a person together. And for the next 20, 25 years, commit to what we have written to make sure that we cover all the bases on that subject that we wrote about. Now, 25 years later, we can come together. Many of us might still be alive at that time. And we can conceivably exchange notes and and verify that we have talked about these things. We have evidence because we conspired to do the same thing or talk about the same thing for the next 25 years. Because we can still be alive 25 years from now. But the prophecy of Isaiah was prophesied 700 years before it happened. By the time it was fulfilled, everybody that knew anything about that, everybody who wrote, everybody who originally heard the message, they were all dead and forgotten. And yet, it was fulfilled exactly as it was prophesied. The second reason is, it was proclaimed by God himself. 
700 years later, in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, Paul writes, But when the set time had fully come, speaking of Isaiah, God sent his son born of a woman. Now, God has been dropping hints of the coming of Jesus throughout the Old Testament. And God proclaimed that he is going to send the Messiah to be the Savior of the world. And that was fulfilled at the virgin birth. Second reason the virgin birth of Jesus proves is that Jesus was unique. Not only was his birth supernatural, he was unique. It presents Jesus as one person with two natures, fully God and fully man. Consider some of these verses in the New Testament. It says in John 1.1, 1, 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Speaking of Jesus. John 1.14, The Word became flesh and make His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Again, Colossians 2.9, For in Christ all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. So the virgin birth, birth proves that not only was Jesus' birth a supernatural event, that it was a miracle, but it also proves that Jesus is a unique person among everybody else. He is the only person who is deity and humanity combined, fully God and fully man. That is very important if we're going to celebrate the virgin birth, if we're going to celebrate Christmas, we need to capture that reality, okay, of the virgin birth, that Jesus is this, this union of deity and humanity. And, and it's very important because other religions, okay, most other religions will ask people to ascend to God. Okay, you can investigate other religions and what you'll find common among these other religions is that there's a push to ascend to God. That's why religions have so many rules. You know, if you follow this rule and that rule and this rule and that, you will attain some kind of level of uh, a glory or something. So you do this and you do that and you will ascend to the seventh heaven, some religion says. If you sacrifice here and you give up something here or there, you will reach some form of godhood yourself. Perhaps a state of nirvana, a state of an awakening. That's what most other religion teaches. In other words, there is in religion an upward focus on reaching God. Christianity is very different. In Christianity, it was God who came down from heaven, condescended, took on the form of a servant in order to give us eternal salvation. He inaugurated the kingdom of God, and that kingdom has a king, and his name is Jesus. His kingdom is here on earth. It was revealed through Jesus. And one day, that king will return and he will inaugurate a new heaven and a new earth and he will reveal himself to all. So we know what the virgin birth of Jesus proves. Now, let's talk about what difference does the virgin birth of Jesus makes in our life. It's not enough to say, well, the virgin birth of Jesus proves that he is... 
his uh, birth was supernatural and he was unique and you know we can we can argue and explain that to people but what difference does the virgin birth of Jesus make in my life and yours so let me lay upon our hearts four things that makes the virgin birth of Jesus so relevant and critical to our understanding of the message of Christmas okay first of all the virgin birth of Jesus reveals to us uh, the father he reveals God the father only God can reveal himself to us. If God is powerful and he is, then he reserves the right to reveal himself to us in his own way, in his own time, and in his own manner. And Jesus is God incarnate. That means there's no other way for you and I to come before the presence of God but through Jesus Christ our Lord because Jesus is the chosen one who paves the way for our redemption. Loved ones, there are no multiple ways to God. No multiple ways to God. Not all roads lead to God. And I'm sorry to, uh, uh, to say this, but if you make that stand, you're going to be called an arrogant person. What makes you Christian think that you have a corner on the market of heaven and salvation? Well, first of all, the argument is with Jesus. Jesus made these claims. Number two, I don't think Christianity is arrogant at all. It's more arrogant to say you can save yourself. Amen? What Christianity is saying is I can't save myself. I need a savior. So the opposite is quite true. An arrogant person says, God may have established this way of salvation, but I'm going to find my own way. That's really what's arrogant. That's really what's prideful. And so don't buy into these accusations that when we say Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said it himself. And if I put my faith in Jesus, I'll take his word for it. But secondly, I like the deal because I know I'm having a hard time saving myself anyway. I'm so tainted with sin. If somebody doesn't rescue me, I will spend an eternity separated from God. Arrogance is disagreeing with God, with what God says. The virgin birth reveals to us, through Jesus, what God is like. What about the Father that Jesus revealed in us? You ever asked that question? Okay, you said, Pastor, that, that Jesus, uh, that God, the Father, is revealed to us in Jesus. Well, what about the Father? What about God the Father that Jesus revealed to us? In John chapter 17, verses 25 to 26, this is the words of Jesus about what God wants to reveal to us through him. This is part of his prayer. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them, and I will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. There are many things that Jesus revealed to us about God the Father, but the main revelation that Jesus revealed to us is God's love for us. That's important. The Bible says Jesus came full of grace and truth. These are the two things that constitute God's love. He revealed to us truth in Jesus and he revealed to us grace in Jesus. The two things 
that Jesus personified constitutes the love of God. Let me tell you this morning without hesitation, God is gracious to you. But also God will speak truth to you. You cannot just say you believe in truth, otherwise you'll be bashing other people who don't know. Amen? But because of God's grace, you're able to see that all of us need truth, but we needed the grace to absorb it. We needed the grace to be able to implement that truth in our life. And Jesus came full of grace and and truth specifically to reveal to us the love of the Father. Jesus is the way to God, not according to me, but according to Jesus. The virgin birth is necessary because Jesus otherwise will be contaminated with sin and is simply a product of human will and desire. That will make him nothing more than just like us. But he's far beyond and more than just a human being like us. He was also fully God. In fact, the virgin birth of Jesus is, is, is reflected in our new birth, the new birth of the believer. Maybe many of you haven't considered that. In in his conversation with Nicodemus in John chapter 3, Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, this birth is not because of the will of 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 a person. This is not a human birth. This is a birth superintended by the Holy Spirit. So in some ways, it's a reflection. The virgin birth is a reflection of how we are born again. This, is, this new birth comes from God. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, You will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.